0: And welcome to the End Time Shofar, End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. This podcast will be dealing with spiritual warfare, Jesus versus the gates of hell. Um, To start this podcast, let's go into a scripture reading. And we'll be going to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, god bless in the reading of god's holy scriptures um let's look at verse 13 so we see how jesus and his disciples they're going enter into gentile territory caesarea philippi which we see in verse 13 and we see in verse 14 that they said who that who do men say that i am and some people try to take the scripture out of context especially people that are into new age they try to twist this and um, incorporate the scripture that jesus was teaching reincarnation which is not the case because it goes against god's word but we see within the context of this that simon peter answers and says Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and told him that um, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto him, but it was through revelation that um, the father had revealed to Peter that Jesus was the Messiah. So we look at the designated place of when they come across um, Caesarea Philippi, it definitely had... A place and geographic place in regards to um, the spiritual realm. Now, with as many groups, they interpret the gates of hell um, certain ways of saying that the rock was pretty much what the Catholic Church. They argue that the rock was Petra, knows Peter and. They base that up on Peter being the first pope or the bishop um, over Rome and apostolic secession, which is biblically incorrect and false doctrine. But then you have Protestants who argue the rock is God, which is Jesus Christ, which we find in First um, Corinthians 10 and 4. I know being um, Pentecostal and preaching and um, the cultural Uh, context of African-American preaching is getting um, emotional and hooping. And um, I have been guilty of taking this out of context and not really properly um, um, interpreting the word of God through proper hermeneutics. Um, You can get a really aroused in the crowd and you start preaching and hooping and You can get into the preaching mode and you can say that up on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That rock is Jesus, the rock of ages. But that's incorrect also too. The proper way, neither the Catholic church or predominant church is correct in their assessment that the rock definitely is not is not Peter. Um, the rock is Jesus is not referring to himself as being that rock. What he's referring to is that rock is where he was standing on the foot of Mount Hermon or Peneus, which we can see that this place was initially where we can look at the book of Enoch where, <clears throat> excuse me, that these 200 fallen angels, these watchers have come down up on that particular mount, but we can look at this as cosmic geography where the gates of hell was located. Um, looking at biblically, we can look at in the spirit realm. Um, Cosmic geography definitely plays a part. We can look and see even when um, the prophet Elijah was battling the prophets of Baal and they had a showdown at Mount Carmel. Um, That was not by accident because God arranged it where he just showed forth his power and might through the prophet um, Elijah but also to Mount Carmel was known to have an oracle on that particular mount. So those false prophets of Baal were well aware of the spiritual power that they generated from being up on that mount. That's why um, it was an oracle there at Mount Carmel. That's why when we look at the scriptures and Elijah is pretty much mocking him saying, hey, your God must be silent Um, It's not by chance that these prophets of Baal, they've had supernatural manifestations of miracles that probably more than likely occurred. Um, They wouldn't agree to that showdown on Mount Carmel if that wasn't the case. But even with cosmic um, geography, we can look even at the Roman military commander and emperor Vespian um, 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 before he conquered um, Jerusalem and had his son eventually his son Titus end up destroying um, the temple in 70 AD um, he had made a pilgrimage to Mount Carmel to inquire uh the Oracle of Divinity at Mount Carmel which the Oracle guaranteed that he would have political success. So we also see when um, Naaman was healed um, in the Jordan River and he asked to take some of the dirt back to his homeland because he had became a believer in Yahweh and he was taking holy, ground back to where he lived. So um, we can see the connection on that, but also with Mount Hermon has a significant history. Uh, We can look at Bashan, which was one of the names for Mount Hermon, or also Mount Hermon. Um, The god Baal was, um, Baal Hermon was another name, but um, Bashan was the domain of the Raphim, which is the Canaanite hell and place of the serpent. We can also see that the domain of Baal and the co-region of El, this is talking about Bashan. Um, Also the connection with Bashan, um, we see the Lord of the dead, um, the Lord of the Raphim, which is the giants and evil spirits who inhabit the underworld. And also Bashan is associated with Um, Genesis chapter six with the sons of God, the watchers and the Nephilim, the Raphaim, which um, we studied in the past where um, once these giants destroyed themselves and were utterly wiped out physically, um, they became evil spirits, which began to plague mankind and to inflict uh, mankind with sickness and also to tempt mankind. And we see in the book of Jubilees that um, Noah goes and he inquires of the Lord to um, at least stop them inflicting all this upon mankind. So God um, binds a certain amount of these demon spirits um, from not allowing them to um, inflict mankind up until the Day of judgment when we're talking about even um, in the book of Revelation when it talks about when all these judgments are taking place. So. Another significant thing with the gates of hell and Caesarea Philippi and the location, um, pagans of Jesus day commonly believed that their fertility gods lived in the underworld and during the winter they returned to earth Um, each spring so they saw the water as a symbol of the underworld and thought that their gods traveled to and from the world through the caves Um, pagans also had the mindset that the cave sprung water and at Caesarea Philippi it created a gate to the underworld they believed that their cities was the location or literally at the gates or the location of the gates of the underworld are the gates of hell. In order to entice the return of their god, Pan, each year, the people of Caesarea Philippi engaged in horrible deeds, including prostitution, sexual interaction between humans and goats, and bestiality. So they begin to practice all types of immorality. When we look at The scriptures, when it's talking about prostitution and other things that took place in the temples, it was sacred prostitution, where in these temples, some of the acts that they would do is having sex with animals, which was bestiality, um, men engaging, going to the temple, engaging in sex with um, sacred prostitutes or men having sex with other men, um, pretty much they incorporate sets sex magic rituals that would take place um, in regards to that context. So we see that the god Pan was the god over the gates of hell that was being worshipped at that time by the Greco-Roman people because we have to know during that time, that the Jews were ruled by the Romans. The Romans were occupying Palestine or Israel during that time, part of the Roman Empire, which we can see in, in scriptures. So we move on. Let's look at the god Pan and his representation. So we see that the god Pan is actually being worshiped. He is a God that's half man, half human. Um, Also too, when we look at modern day um, Satanism, where we see the Baphomet, it's almost that, um, I believe it's um, Elphaz, Levi, which was the one that came up with the Baphomet um, some say that he is derived from the god Pan. Um, Pan is also seen as a very sexual god, um, a god of androgyny. Also, he's known, because he plays the flute, he's known as the god of music. So we also know that Satan is was known for his music abilities when we look at, I am mean, Ezekiel chapter 28. So um, that gives us further understanding. But also too, what was ironic with the god Pan, which was known at that time being the ruler of the gates of hell, which we have to understand that the term or the definition of panic Comes from the name of the Greek god Pan, supposedly sometimes calls humans to flee an unreasoning fear. So we can look at 2 Timothy, and we're going to go to that 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 7. So we already established that pen is known as the God of panic or fear. So let's go to that. We're almost there. Just bear with me. So we have to know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we want to make sure that we read the scripture in context and we are... There, so let's look at Second Timothy, verse seven. For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So we see how pan is known from the word panic or fear. Um, when we look at even some of the writings in. Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma, page 102, he states this about Pan. He says, Satan is not a black god, but a negation of God. This is not a person, but a force created for good, but which may represent evil. It is the instrument of liberty or free will. They represent this force under the mythological Horn form of God Pan, thence came the he goat of the Sabbath, the brother of the ancient serpent and the light barrier. So we see that Albert Pike, which was um, a very prevalent Freemason saying this in Morals and Dogma about Pan and he equates the God Pan to satan and um, being the ancient, ancient um serpent and the light bearer so anything else also says a he go so we can look at leviticus chapter um 17 verse um seven when it talks about you shouldn't worship um devils um, when we look at that word devils it talks about goat gods. so um most prevalent goat gods that we can look at um, we can look at um, uh, which is one which represents Satan. When we talk about the Day of Atonement, where um, the high priest will lay hands on one goat, and that one goat will be sacrificed, the other goat, all the sins of the people, um, would be laid up on that particular goat, and that goat was led out to the wilderness. Um, that's a study within itself. So we can also see that pen and the satanic bible is list listed as one of the infernal names of satan so we can see how when jesus is making this proclamation that he is standing up on the gates of hell that he is literally taking authority of that place that cosmic geographic place that represented all of um evil that's that has been manifested through um, centuries that has taken place where we have to look, when we look at scriptures and we look at sin, we look at rebellion of mankind, we have to look at number one, Genesis chapter three, um, where we see the fall of Adam and Eve. That's where sin is introduced when the serpent is in in the garden. And he tells them that um, surely you won't die from eating um, from the tree, and also, too, um, you should be as gods, which is a continued um, doctrine and point of reference in Luciferian teaching and doctrine to make man believe that you can evolve into being a god. But also, too, when we look at Genesis 6, at we're getting to the point where these fallen angels come down um, they descend from heaven up on Mount Hermon and they begin to go after strange flesh because they're um, celestial and they begin to go after terrestrial um, women. They begin to have sexual relationships with these women, which they, the byproduct of that, they begin to produce these giants, which eventually these giants are killed off and they become demon spirits but also to what took place on mount hermon um not just that but these watchers begin to teach mankind um technology and other things that were accelerated and made it more even um prolific and the destruction of mankind teaching methods of of war um, with cosmetics um the use of cosmetics to draw men through lust, again, war, teaching men to become better at killing and just other things that they begin to teach this esoteric knowledge that was forbidden to mankind. Um, Jesus is, once he makes that, he is addressing that issue even at, um, reversing what was taking place at Mount Hermon and also to making a strong proclamation that the gates of hell, literally the gates of hell will not prevail It show that the church will be able to withstand the very, the the proper interpretation. The, um, The church will be able to withstand the gates and the powers of hell um, the Word of God talks about in First John chapter 4, greater than he that is in me than he that is in the world. Um, we can also see that in, I believe, in Luke chapter 10, verse 9, uh, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So he's given us spiritual authority um, to walk in that authority when we come into Christ and we're baptized in water and we're baptized in the spirit and we begin to walk in the newness of life. Um, God designates even a new believer, you're saved, you're filled with the spirit, you have authority over demonic spirits. So we see this taking place with Jesus. Not only that, when Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, so it just wasn't so much for him to go to the cross and shed blood, but he went down and had authority. He rose from the dead, so he conquered death, and he took the keys um, of hell, which, let's go to that. Let's go to Revelation chapter one, verse 17 through 19. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand up on me and saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death and write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be here or hereafter. So here he states that he liveth and was dead and behold, he's alive very much alive and he has the keys of hell and of death. Now, Popular word of faith preachers or teachers um, such as Kenneth Copeland and some others, um, they grossly misinterpret scriptures and it's false doctrine because they state that Jesus was reborn or born again um, when he went to hell and that Satan, why he was down um, in hell, Jesus was down in hell before he rose up um, from the grave. That Satan brutalized him during that time, and then God made him born again and he received power. That's inaccurate. that's does not line up at all with the scripture. So um, we have to make sure that we're lining up with the scripture. So we see that Jesus stated. We stated the fact that the gates of hell was Mount Hermon, which he came and he said, it won't withstand, I'm putting my church, and it won't withstand, um, the church will be able to overcome the powers of hell. That's why we have to look at scriptures when we were in sin, that the God of this world, which is Satan, had us blind. But now, since we come to the revelation that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that he's God manifested in flesh and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit and we're able to see things from a spiritual um, perspective, we're no longer blinded by the God of this world. We're no longer held captive by The enemy. Jesus came to set the captives free. Came to set us free from sin, and we have to realize when we read the gospels that we have to know that the gospels do pertain to this current day. That we're not just good um, church members who sit in a pew, and then we have the pastors and the ministers, um, and we're the laity. And we let them do all the spiritual work and all. No, when you're a born again believer and you're just a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have the authority. If you're like in your community and you are walking in the spirit and you discern somebody is possessed by a demon, you have the authority. To cast that demon out of that person, um, you don't need to be afraid. If you're walking in unity and you're walking upright and you're walking in righteousness, then he's given us. He's incorporated us when we're um, baptized in the spirit that we receive gifts of the spirit, but also to receive fruit of the spirit. And we have to walk in those things. So we have to know that Jesus versus the gates of hell, he conquered the gates of hell. The gates of hell cannot withstand um, his church. And we know from studying the scriptures and rightfully dividing the word that He's definitely referring to that location of Mount Hermon as being the gates of hell. Um, God bless. This is the End Time Shofar, End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. We'll be doing a little bit more of a series on spiritual warfare. Um, We'll look at um, principalities. Um, we'll look at the authority that the believer has in casting out demons and some other things. And all we have to realize also, too, in the day that Jesus is walking in his ministry, that we saw this with the God Pan being over the gates of hell there um, on Caesarea um, Philippi and also seeing um, the journeys of Paul, the most prevalent thing, paganism and magic was one of the most prevalent things that was taking place during that time. And we see that we definitely living in the last days that magic is real, but God, the power of God is more powerful than Satan and his power but we have to walk in that we have to walk in discernment we have to discern the times um, that we are definitely um, living at the end of the age and walk in that power walk in that anointing um, so we will examine a little bit more on spiritual warfare so god bless hopefully you receive something from this podcast um, continue to pray for me as i pray for you um, follow the podcast, share the podcast. Um, we try to put um, really um, thought behind the content that we put out to be a blessing, to equip the saints and also to to help um, bring sinners to repentance and have the scales on their eyes that's blinding them to see that Jesus is real and a revelation of him being um the Messiah is and his coming is soon. God bless.